to you live from the Kosher Studios in Woodridge, Illinois. This is Behind the Destruction, the Demolition Derby podcast. And now your hosts, Chris Newmer and Steve Kersky Jr. Welcome to Behind the Destruction. This is episode number nine of Behind the Destruction for the week of August 12th, 2012. I'm Chris Newmer. With me, as always, 2011 national champion demo driver and a man who doesn't want your money, honey. He just wants your love. Steve Gursky Jr. How you doing, Steve? Pretty good. It's good to be back. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Driven Restorations. The first step to driving your dream is contacting Driven Restorations at 608 609 Five zero four one, or finding them on Facebook. Steve, I got a question for you. Do you ever look at a good-looking girl driving a car and then find yourself checking out the car's rear end as it drives away? No, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah me neither. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I found myself doing this recently. I was like, what the hell's wrong with me? Like, seriously, there was a, there was a woman... It, Good-looking woman at a uh, a stoplight. She turned right. She was uh, she was driving a she was driving some kind of Ford. I was like, I just like you know did that head tilt thing. I'm like, ah, it's like wait a minute. You got to see what kind of car she drives. You know, yeah. check out that rear end. If our uh, if our uh, if our our name if Tubby Johnson uh, our our demo creation was driving that thing, I would not be like, oh. Look at the oh! Look at that back bumper! Oh my God, that's horrible! Oh, turn around, Tubby. <laughs> it crack hanging out. Mm, yeah. I, oh, I, now I'm wondering about if you uh, if uh, if a good looking woman outfitted a truck with truck nuts, whether that would be positive or negative. Uh. <laughs> truck ovaries? Like, oh, what is this? Oh, they're inside. You can't really see them that well. One of the uh, things that uh, has been going on and is in the forefront of uh, both media coverage lately as well as uh, on TV everywhere is the Olympics. They've been going on all sorts of craziness, uh, all sorts of uh, rumors of doping here, speed fiends over here. That's Usain Bolt, not actually like meth users. It made me think about this. Like I saw, I was as like I saw a commercial promoting the upcoming uh, Olympics, or I saw you know the upcoming events of the day. And then I saw a commercial for fishing, and I thought, "Huh, I wonder if fishing could be an Olympic sport." And then, of course, because we do the podcast, I thought my my thought went to, "Why isn't demo an Olympic sport?" For a number of reasons. Number of reasons. First off, you know, I don't know. Drug test. Um, you know, like, here, think of it this way. You know, look at the, all the gymnastics, uh, you know, how they promote the the Fab Five or whatever, that you know, they're called. You know, and then you got track and field with Lolo Jones and stuff like that, you know, and then it would be. And, you know, in our next event, the team demos with Brian Anderson, you know, Greg Message, Levi Turnball. They have shot putters. Shot putters. They yeah. have like not all not all Olympians have to be six feet tall and 185 pounds of cut chiseled meat like me. It's not all not not all of that. I'm just saying I think demolition derby, whether team or uh, backup style, would just be fantastic. Now there would be a, a few points that I think might need to be worked out, like uh, whether 
whether individual countries could bring their own cars in and they'd need to be inspected, which could create some kind of weird thing where it's like, oh, man, did you see what Pakistan is doing with their cars and, or or something like that? Or whether uh, it could be a situation where, uh, you know, it's like you show up and it's like uh, one of the NASCAR, the junior NASCAR things where um, you show up and the cars are already made and people then just hop in or have like a couple hours to modify or something like that. But overall, I think this would be fantastic. I mean, you ha- you you could have like – you could have large fat men wearing holy clothes from the middle of nowhere in America competing for a gold next to these absolute studs. They they would be like the opposite Lola Joneses. The only thing is they wouldn't be able to keep their medals. Get a paid twenty five grand for tax on their medals. I don't think uh I think, I think could we could work it. I think we could work a sponsorship like that. I, I think if, if Allstate or State Farm couldn't get involved in, as a sponsorship for the demolition derby, and think about this. You could even offer like, you know, uh put this out there as like an incentive for the American demolition derby team or grouping of drivers. Uh something where it's like uh you you know, you have it out there and it's like, okay, if you medal in the demolition derby, uh if you medal in the demolition derby, you get to be the spokesman for Allstate or uh, State Farm Insurance for the next year. Right there. See, the thing is that you're supposed to represent the country, okay? Let's go. You said shot putters because some of the shot putters or maybe even the power lifters, you know, they're kind of barrel type, big belly guys and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, you're supposed to represent and be the best in the country. Granted, you know, let's say you take put a team together and, you know, I don't know, it's a good team. You got, you know, I don't know. I just don't see them, you know, and, you know, here's, you know, Brian Anderson getting ready to go out. They got the guy smoking some Marlboros, you know, on, you know, on TV. He's getting ready to go out there, you know. See, I think that would be a great counterpoint. What I'm saying I is mean, they, they don't want, they don't want demo drivers on there. Come on. They want the 30 year old virgin, virgin sprinter, or, you know, they want that stuff. I'm sure we could drum up some 30 year old virgin demo drivers just to satisfy <laughs> you. But this would be fantastic. I mean, it would it would be to I I you have a nationwide tournament to get in, and you have I don't know three guys representing them, five something I think like that, whatever it would be. I mean, are you telling me that you aren't excited about the thought of the United States taking on like France or Iran in the demolition derby? Well, the French would quit, they'd retreat. They wouldn't do it. Pakistan, I bet you they'd be pretty tough. Yeah, gotta be. Like, there would be something, like, you know, like, I, I, I'm not sure what it is, but you know the Japanese and the Germans, they would have some crafty shit on their demo cars. You'd be coming in, you'd be like, the hell, is is that a, is there a man trapped inside that bumper? What what do they got going on there? You know, you, it, it would almost be like that thing at Cannonball Run where you'd hear, like, the beeping and all that as they're driving. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If we, you know, if the demos were to get into the Olympics, I think, you know, there's a, you're going to have to open it up to a lot of other kind of sports then, too. You know, fishing, like you said, that would have to go in. Bassmasters fishing, that'd be in there. I'm, you know, I'm willing to go for this. Like the thing is that, um, the thing that strikes me as odd about the Olympics is like how they're twofold. One is how unusual some of these sports are. And, you know, you're flipping through channels. It's, it's deep cable and you come across something called synchronized diving. Now, this is not synchronized swimming. This is two guys. Well, I saw it with men. Two guys. I bet you did. <laughs> yeah. Two guys. They walk out to the end of the board. They count down from the, like, three, two, one. And they always actually like, are you ready? And the guy's like, yep. And they're like, all right. And then they count down. Three, 
to one. And then they do the exact same dive next to one another. And, and then the announcers are like, oh, he, he used the, the Thor Magnuson technique. Uh, did you see? And I'm like, they're two dudes diving next to each other. This is not a sport. Diving itself is barely a sport, but the two of them doing the same thing at the same time. Um, to me, it's like, and you're telling me that a great sport like demolition derby would like, it's like, oh, please, our delicate sensibilities are offended. Now, I have to go over here and ski for a mile and a half and then shoot a rifle, okay? Hey, that's, I don't know, that's that's going back a long ways. My big thing is the badminton. My big thing is the badminton in the Olympics. Um, you know, like you said, you're, you're, you know, one late night, you're going through there, you, you know, because it's over there in London, so you get what already happens. So, so that's that's when they put on the badminton tournaments, you know. That's insane. I mean, you get a gold medal for badminton. Okay. Diving next to each other. I think I'd like to see a complete list of the things that you could get a gold medal for. And I'm pretty sure that there would be 10 where we would look at and just be like, holy Christ, really? So, you know, you look at like the equestrian stuff. They don't even put that on TV. No. You know, um, you, you can watch it online and stuff. That's pretty impressive. Some of that, you know, is just insanely impressive. Um, like they do like a Western ple- Pleasure and... Um, Oh, there's What's some the other Western s- pleasure. It's just a, a different way. It's like uh, using, you know, kind of like a, you know, you'd have a saddle that's um, basically it's a style of showing your horse, you know, different things it can okay. do when you have to do a certain program, stuff like that. You know, that stuff that's pretty neat, you know. But sitting there watching a ping pong or badminton or in your case diving, you know, synchronized synchronized diving. diving okay, the only thing, only diving I think is neat is the thirty meter. Cliff Dive. diving like thing? Yeah, because you're talking, they hit the water at 35 miles an hour. So if they like high speed impacts, they should definitely, I think, team demos should be in there. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they might as any well just give. Any kind of demos. They should just give the, yeah, I suppose any kind. The thing is, like over over there, they have that, that banger racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring them on. Bring it on. Let's try that. Let's get her in there, you know. Yeah, get in your little smart car that you've outfitted with something. Let's go up against some. Now, here would be another thing. Like, okay, if you're having demos in the Olympics, is it something where you could only use cars that were made in your own country? Ooh. Like, uh, wow, hey, would yeah. the French have to use Peugeots or Le Cars or something like that? Yeah, what, we'd have Mercs and Caddies and Lincolns, and they'd have these little... See, that'd be tough. No, that's the problem. I see right there. That'd be a problem. They're right-hand drive, right? So if you had a team demo in the Olympics, they're right-hand drive, we're left, and we go around counterclockwise, we'd be hitting them in the driver's door all the time. Yeah. I mean... What, if you what could about get dis- just like backup derby? Backup would be fine then, yeah. I think it'd be a little confusing because, you know, you're so used to hitting on the one side of the car. Yeah. I think it'd be backing in the guy's driver's doors. Uh, if, if you Maybe you could have like an approved different number of cars or something like that. Or if there is, in fact, like a Chinese version of the the Suicide Lincoln or something like that. Uh I just this is something that I'd like to see even because th- this is the other thing that people mention with the uh, with the Olympics is that, uh, you know, they have like exhibition sports like they had something involving BMX bikes. I can't remember what it was, uh, but they had something this year involving BMX bikes at the Olympics. It was not an actual like I don't think you could get a medal in it, but it was certainly an exhibition sport. Uh, 
uh, usually that's the way you get into being a medal sport is you're an exhibition sport for a year or uh, an Olympics or two. And then they're like, all right, come on in. That's how ballroom dancing ended up being an Olympic uh, medal event. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't know all this. I mean, I mean, what kind of besides, you know, speaks if I think of what it is, it's all like demonstrating what country is better basically physically, mentally, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, like, when they race, it's on foot, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, do they do bike race yeah. in the Olympics? Yeah. They oh, do bike heck. racing. And yeah. they do – but they do the equestrian, too. It's like uh, that seems to be a lot of the uh, – So that's their vehicle, then, is the horse. So Yeah. Yeah, okay. It, All right. Same with, the, same with the BMX. It's like, let's see some motor stuff over so there. So where's the Summer Olympics uh, in four years? Uh, uh, well, it's Rio? not in Chicago. It's not Rio. It, it's it, – uh, Is it real? I think it's real. Is it real? It could be. Well, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what you have to do, but you better start sending in your paperwork. I don't know. I mean, so you'd have to do an exhibition, you know, backup style, banger style, or even team demo style uh, uh, race. Get it in there first, yeah. first, uh, first time in 2016. Then, so that'd be eight years. Yeah. So by the time you and I are like 56, we'd like to see something. Yeah. By that, well, by that time, then. America's think- going to be at a disadvantage because we will just be using smart cars. So <laughs> Yes. What, what is this Ford Festiva you keep bringing out? Don't let me. Don't. Just let it go. You know, another thing that uh, people have been talking about, at least in regards to uh, the basketball that's been going on, is uh, there's talk that uh, the NBA commissioner, David Stern, is going to limit the age uh, of the participants for the U.S. basketball team at 23. So nobody over the age of 23 will be able to play or participate on the Olympic basketball team. Wrong. I, 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 I was actually just saying this the other day that I think that, it you know, they, they blow people away. Yeah. They blow people away. So, okay, why don't you take, um, you know, I don't know how Magic Johnson's doing, you know, but, you know, him, Michael Jordan, like the you know, original dream team? Get the original dream team. Have them go. Give these other countries a little bit of a chance, you know? I mean... So do you agree with the age limit thing I, or I not? Do. Yeah, I do, but I think it needs to go the opposite way. You just... Old people have Older. to be old after over yep. the age of 40. I mean, come on, you know? I mean, what they do... I mean, they're so good. They beat people so bad that I can't remember who they played where Nigeria? the guy took his shoe off and had Kobe sign it yeah, afterwards. Like, like, hey, Nigeria. you totally smoked us. Sign my shoe. Thanks, bud. Now, one thing I will say in defense of this is in soccer, um, a very common practice is to actually, after the match, take off your jersey, either autograph it and swap it with somebody on the other team, and the players do collect that stuff. So they're doing that in football right now, too. They've been doing that taking pictures with each other, and then they trade jerseys, sign them and trade them. Yeah, I, so I'm not going to uh, – it's a little bit different with can you sign my shoe and because and, Kobe doesn't want – he's like, I don't want some weird guy's shoe, but uh, I understand that. But the point of the age limit was not for competition. It was so that the best American basketball players would not play in the Olympics. Uh, the idea is that the NBA wants to start a World Cup-like event, like a World Cup for basketball. So that all the best players in a couple of years, obviously, they would make more money on this. Uh, but the idea, and Mark Cuban's behind it, so you know oh, that this yeah. is a good business venture. Yeah, yeah. He is a good businessman. So, um, but the idea is that there's like a World Cup for basketball. It will not like uh, they do this with soccer right now. That the I think there's a 23 year age limit on soccer teams. I believe Mexico won the gold medal for. Well, I mean, what is the purpose of only young? Is it to 
just so that develop the, your younger players. Yeah, oh. so that they can then participate in the World Cup event. Okay. Uh, that's what that's what soccer has done. So that uh, you know nobody knows any like. You soccer. think soccer and Olympics, they don't go together. Soccer and World Cup, it's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the big one. So what my question was, was if there was a World Cup of Demo Derby, what, like do it like banger style, do it team style, do it just backup style. I think that would be something that would be interesting, very interesting. See, you know, and, and you know, that would be because like you, you, you look online and you get a lot of, uh, oh, last time I seen on um, – on Facebook, uh, Team Demo, it was um, a guy from Australia saying, hey, you know, I really want to do this. I want to come out there and, and do this. You know, and I think it was like 2004 they had had some teams from around, I think it was Canada, Australia. Uh, I can't remember where they were from. New Zealand was one, mm-hmm. one team that came and tried it. And, well, none of them did really well. Actually, one team totally said we're not getting these cars because there's nothing done to them. <laughs> to do a World Cup, I think that would be – It'd be awesome. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. I would derive a certain sense of pleasure in figuring out like – like because you know after maybe 10 times of doing it that some country, some weird country that you would never expect would always be up near the top of uh, the standings. Like Argentina right now is probably – like in the last 10, 15 years, Argentina has been – one of the best basketball teams in the world. And it's such sort of a random weird pull, like just like a, like a Southern South American country. It's like, huh, Argentina. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see that coming. It's like every once in a, like New Zealand's fantastic at rugby. And, you know, you just have these weird pulls and it's like, yeah, Latvia, they're fantastic at the demolition derby. It's like, whoa, really? Ah, Get out of here. (laughs) I don't know. I think, you know, you get some of these some of these guys with that, that banger racing. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are crazy. You know, like a lot of people say that you know, like the team demo. You know, with the speeds that they get and and the hits that they take, and then you watch that asphalt track racing. Where I mean, they basically squish cars. You know, yeah. I mean, a car looked like it was folded into a, you know, like they compacted to put it into you know, a like suitcase. It, was. it yeah. was, and the guy only he broke his arm. Yeah, you know, it looks like well, he should be dead. I mean, that's how, and they like the class. I mean, there's small cars out there with like right hand drive American kind of cars, you know, like mm-hmm. an old caddy hearse or something in there with like these Jaguars. I've seen a Jaguar, like a mid 80s kind of Jaguar out there. Yeah. And it's, and you watch it, you know, and, uh, you know, they kind of say, oh, you guys should try our race. And it's like, no, no, no. that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I see you guys are nuts. So, you know, you know. If they did it like a World Cup like that, that's what you'd have to pick. Would you do it the backup style, like a banger race? I wonder if there's a or... way to combo them somehow together. Like, because those are probably like the backup style and banger racing are probably on a world level the two most popular, correct? Yeah, because the team demo and the style that's at Route 66 in Joliet, Illinois, that's. As far as you know, that's how they always say it's the only only place yeah. that does it, and it's also know? the only the only demolition derby sort of with a point. Yeah, I mean you got to make laps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, There's I mean, a... and it's season. I mean, I think if they did like a. You know, a backup style where there's a season of points where mm-hmm. you know maybe like a, it, like a sprint cup kind of thing, right? You know, like we do, where you know it's you know you have five races you know each month in the summer. And it's all based off of points. So, you know, I think that'd be kind of neat, you know, that would work, you know, because then you could put it in that kind of World Cup type 
style. The only thing is, where where would you race all the time? You could have it. You could have it out there, and uh, just like the Olympics or something like that, you could. Well, actually, this would, go, it would sort of be reverse bidding. I don't want those guys coming here. Yep. Yeah, send them over there. No, we don't want them over here. And but like something like that, where you could you could just pick and choose because it would be an interesting, uh, interesting contingent. So, who do you think would represent the USA in a World Cup, in your opinion? Uh, five drivers. I, five. Current, I, I have no idea. Like, it, uh, honest to God, I would want something where you would have a regional thing, like maybe uh, split the country up into uh, five different regions. Uh, you know, southwest, southeast. We spend a lot of time on Wee Crash, huh? <laughs> see what big names pop out there. Yeah, but it's you know just have like you know, and then have each winner of each region. That's it. That's the one. That's the guy that represents us, or something like See, that's that. What, yeah, that's why the the backup style. They need to do that. They need to have like a Midwest winner or something. You know what I mean? And then you know, West Coast, East Coast. You know, you know, so you gotta have that because yeah, then that'd be easier. Then you could say, well, okay, yeah, here's your five guys. You know, yeah. you know who's the MVP from uh, you know Team Demos? Okay, well, he's one driver. You know, you put all yeah. these guys together. Or you could from- you could have a uh, sort of like a demo governing body. That would say we're going to outfit it like this, something like that. Just anything that they could put in place to get it. But that's you know I've long said that uh, I have no idea who the best demo driver in history is. As a matter of fact, I don't know if there are any famous demo drivers in history. You know, you and I are very close to the team demos in Joliet, right. Illinois, right. and so we know some of the good drivers in history who have driven there. But we have no idea, uh, you know, who's winning over here, who's winning there. And it's like they do have big events. Like, you know, we were at Metal Mayhem this year. Um, uh, that's in Pecatonica, Illinois. And it's like that's good and that people call that the Super Bowl of demos. But it's sort of like, you know, you you hear that and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's – well, that's as close to a Super Bowl of demo as you're going to get. And then other people maybe out in Idaho are like, no, well, it's a Super Bowl. We also – and it's like, well – Whole, yeah, cause up, yeah, up by like Minnesota, I think it was the Eve of Destruction. I yeah. want to say they do that up there. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you do like a Midwest, you have your Metal Mayhem show. Whoever wins, you know, yeah, the, like the, a regional thing. Yeah, whoever wins that would, you know, have to go to a show that has the same. I don't know. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Well, the, it would be. You're right. It would be tough. But the thing that I think surprised both of us at the Metal Mayhem was how many guys from California were there. You know, right? What was it? He was saying there was a, a like guy from thirteen was... or fifteen drivers, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and they just they hired out that huge, the couple of like twelve car haulers to just haul their cars out, and then because how did because we met a couple of these guys and we were like man you're crazy driving all this way and the guy's like no driving it was a three-hour flight from sacramento what the hell are you talking about (laughs) and they're like yeah we just hired two guys to drive the cars out it's like oh well that makes a lot of sense actually yeah well that's not as impressive but no i mean it yeah you know i mean it's it's crazy you know and i was impressed with metal mayhem yeah that's i mean if you take you pull a winner from say like a modified the high the highest modified class there well it's made the second highest i think the highest one we watched had like five cars that was the leaf spring class with the tilted front ends yeah that was one that went really quick those guys pounded hard so but you take the next class down you know and and go from there you know and then you'd have to find out what the other big ones throughout the country are and then get work them together through that yeah yeah i mean if you just put in a uniform set of restrictions that's it you're good and then on to the World Cup. 
Yep. Onto the World Cup. And it would be interesting, too, like, especially if there was, I'm not saying you can do, like, a uh, 4 by 100 relay or something like that, but if you could do something where you're like, all right, you need one backup guy, you need one banger guy, and you need one team demo guy, and it's like, it would be like the, it would be like the, uh, it would be like the Ocean's Eleven of demo drivers. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, we we need a guy who knows how to. We need a, a guy who knows to avoid hits. It's like, all right, call this guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we need a we need a guy who has a really weak back end. It's like, oh, call him. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yep. where's our pickpocket guy? Oh, yeah, he's over here. You know, you brought up the bang uh, the banger racing, and I'll say this: one of the, I find one of the true joys of watching like ESPN seven late at night is. When I find these other professional sporting leagues that I have no idea what's going on, like Australian rules football is, I don't know if you've ever watched that. Like I see this and I'm like, I know what's going on. And then just when I think I know what goes on, somebody like grabs a ball from a referee, kicks it into the stands and that's part of the game. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, oh, that guy's mad. He's getting tossed out. How'd they get five points? I don't get this. (laughs) And uh, that's the thing that uh, I find fascinating. You know, if I've watched uh, probably two games total in my life of Australian rules football, and it's like I have a fairly decent understanding now of how that game works and, you know, what the different different wickets of the upright mean and all that. I have watched something probably close to like four hours of banger racing in my life on YouTube. I have no clue what the fuck is going only on. Only thing I think, only thing I don't know either. I'd have to probably, I don't know, contact one of the guys. But I, I think the purpose is to collect laps. But you also want to destroy other cars up against the wall and then back up and then keep on going because it's kind of how you take guys out and then you keep going type thing. Sure. Um, I think they're collecting laps. I don't know if it goes till there's only one guy going. Yeah. But if if it was, okay, if you're the last guy going, you'd want to save your car. But, they, I mean, to me, it looked like they're doing like 60 miles an hour and they pile into a guy. Yeah. You know, and and it's just like they that's they just keep piling in. There's yep. like a guy that accidentally crashes into the wall. Then like five guys in a row just crash into him. I'm like, there is, you know, then they have like that huge weird gridlock thing where there's like 12 cars. They're not going anywhere. And other cars just accelerate into this mush and just like there's just this mess of car. There's just this mess of cars. And it's like, it, to me, uh, uh, by any uh, stroke of the imagination that I can come up with, it's like there's no reason to accelerate your car and drive into a pile of 12 cars that are pushed up against a wall. But these these guys just keep doing well, it. Well, maybe if they don't, maybe that's their maybe that's considered sandbagging. Huh. Maybe that's their style of sandbagger if you don't yeah. do that. If you're the one guy who, like, weaves through them and keeps on going. Well, if you're collecting laps, that seems like a that seems like a reasonable goal. And then I start wondering, like, are there teams? Is it like, do they have, like, five teams of cars and this is something? And Like, you may have four guys who are supposed to just do run into the pile, and then you have one guy that's supposed yeah. to run. Oh, yeah, maybe. Who but knows? It, and even so, I, I, I feel certain that at some point in time, somebody is going to explain banger racing to me, and I'm just going to go, Huh. If it, if really? someone just told me it is for the entertainment of smashing other cars into the wall, I'd understand it. I, mm-hmm. I can watch that and be entertained by it. It's it's absolutely insane. It'd be it's probably like um the team dummy watch on video and you're like, Oh, that's pretty neat and then you go see it in person, it's like wow Whoa. this is insane. Because you'll be able to see those banger cars how fast they're actually going if you're there, you know. Mm-hmm. So Well that's something like that's one of the things like people ask me, you know, when they find out uh I actually plan my travel schedule around the 
team demo events. It's like, well, uh, I know where I'm going to be on uh, September 24th. Uh, yep, nope, not traveling. Got to work around that. Um, and people are like, really? You, you can't just watch it later? And I'm like, it's not the same thing. And it's weird because um, for every other professional sporting event, like uh, basket, or baseball and football, oh, Christ, I, we've talked about how much I hate going to baseball games. But football, so much better on TV. So much better on TV. Basketball, it. Uh, I, I, ah, I've been to a basketball game. I like it. It's good. If you're close enough, yeah. I like it when you're there. But like um, football, it, I mean, those fans that go there, and, and you know, if you get 50, 50 yard line, well, when they're in the red zone, either way. Yeah, you're like, hey, well, so I go, think, I you think. know, you're on, you're on a bad angle, or if you have end zone seats, you may never have anyone come into that end zone. And you're, you know, it's one of those things. You know, but you can sit and watch it on TV, and you know everything that's going on. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's um, actually uh, Brian Anderson was telling me he went to the NASCAR races at Chicagoland Speedway, and I said, "Well, how was it?" And he was like, um, "We watched the truck races. Like, oh, there must have been a lot of crashes because those guys bang pretty hard when they're going around the track." He's like, "Not really, because there's eight cautions, and I have no clue why." <laughs> I said, well, why didn't the guy over the speaker say? He goes, the trucks are so loud that you're wearing earplugs and then earmuffs over them, so you can't hear anything. So he's like, you just sit there, and everyone's on caution, and, you know, don't even know what's going on. Yeah, he's like, I could s- watch it on TV and like it that better than, you know, because you get the behind-the-scenes stuff. Now you're just sitting in the stands and going, You know, Whoa. that would actually be interesting. Like, you actually need to sign up for a texting feature as you enter the uh, as you enter the stadium so that if there is a caution, it's like you just send out the the governing body just sends out mass texts about what's going on. Or you can just wear the, wear the earmuffs that have the radio in it, and you just go to the track Okay, frequency. little things. You know, whatever, things. but... Yeah, you know, it's... It's funny when you when you think about that. Like, uh, my brother has a friend who lives up in Minnesota, and he has season tickets for the Vikings game that are at the forty yard line, and they're right behind the visitors bench. Like, and when I say right behind, they're literally in the first row of the stadium. And uh, like the first time I went, I heard they were good seats, but I didn't know how good they were. And so it's like one of those things where it's like you just keep walking down, walking down. I'm like, the lighting is changing. I'm like, this is new. I've never been here before. Literally, first row. And you want to know what? By the end of the first quarter, I was pissed off because the Bears players were standing up. And you couldn't see anything because you couldn't see through the players to get to the it's, well, you know, Hey, hey Erlacher. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, the the other thing that was interesting was that it was – we were probably – like granted, we were up maybe 8, 10 feet off the ground. But we were probably uh, 15, 20 feet away from the training table. So if any players would get injured, they'd hop over to the training table and they're like, oh, shit, man, that hurts. Ah, no. that And it's like – Oh, this, this is a little awkward. Oh, no. Just shoot me up, Doc. Shoot me up. It's like, <laughs> can, ah, come on, go, go. Oh, Christ, oh, is that, look at all that blood. Oh. But Team Demos is one of the – it is honestly the only event that I can recall, the only professional sport that is so much better live than it is on television. And this is not a – this is not a – indictment of the tv crews that are there or anything like that it's just that the energy of the crowd the the speed of the hits the way like you can look everywhere and you and i have discussed at least in the team demos there's no 
ball, essentially. Like, there's no focal point. Right. You can have the guy who's in the lead, but that doesn't mean that there's not some really crazy stuff going on somewhere else between two guys who have nothing going yeah, on. Yeah, we've talked about the, the eight cameras, you know, yeah. and then you basically it's just edited to, you know, if you can follow around one car who, who um, you know, one camera would be nine. One camera that watches the whole track, and then you got eight cameras, you know, yeah. to follow each car. And basically, if a guy crocs, sits there a while, the camera just stays on, period. That's his that camera guy's job. But you even know? that is not gonna is not gonna. No, because what it is is the speed. If you've ever gone to a motorsport race, um, I think it was I don't know, got to be seven years ago. I went to a Grand Prix in Indianapolis, and we sat down near the track, right off the front stretch. It was a, it was like an S curve and then a long swooping curve. And these are, you know, the race cars. And as they come down into that corner, you watch it on TV, and it's like ah, oh, this you know Grand Prix stuff's kind of boring with the. Uh, um, in, with the formula cars, you know, then to see it in person, the speed and acceleration they have, same thing. It mm-hmm. seems like all motorsports, you can watch NASCAR on TV and not, not realize they're going close to 200 miles an hour, you know. But until you get there, you know, and see them, you know, cross, you know, past you, it's it's pretty insane. And that does the same thing with, like, team demos. It looks like a bunch of slow cars um, in mud hitting each yeah. other you know and they look like they're going slow and they hit and there's a lot of damage oh they build their cars weak you know no it's like you get there that's you know some guys i mean i wouldn't be surprised if um you know ryan bluer at ryan bluer ron tarakowski don't hit 55 miles an hour yeah you know they elmer go elmer goes um you know stuff like that you know fast cars yeah but the the other thing is that you like watching so much develop like um the track is so wide that there could be something going on in turn four, something developing in turn four that's going to impact something that's going on in turn two, but you'll never see it because there's no reason for it until you start watching it and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And it's like, you, I guess you could have a split screen thing on TV or something like that, but that just gets, that just gets ridiculous. Yeah, that uh, Speed Channel did it where it was, uh, they did kind of like uh, the picture in picture. Mm-hmm. Down on the bottom, you know, I like that. You know, this kind of thing was uh, I was a lap runner, and I get out into the lead, and you know, I'd, I'd hardly be on the video. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I'd, I would talk to Jason, and I'd be like, "Dude, how come you guys, you know, like last this year? is Jason come, Twite, Jason the, uh, Twite, video." You know? I talked to him, and he's. I said, "Well, how come?" You know, I said, "Heck, man, you didn't even follow me." And he said, "You didn't even get me across the line." He says, "Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if I," he goes, "If I follow you, you know," he goes, "If no one hits you, which happens sometimes." He goes, it's a pretty boring video. Yeah. You know, so it's understandable. You're too good at your job of lap running. If you were work at, well, no, that's it's, not true because no, I'm the, boring hit, at of, is what the it is. hit of the last three years uh, where Jason Rotaco uh, from Bad Company smashed into your front end. Uh, that, that there was hit, one picture. There's one picture. And you know what's funny we about that? We could be that? the hit of the year. It it could have been the hit of the last couple of years, as evidenced by that photo. Yeah. But uh, I will say this. This is uh, about that specific hit. This was first night in 2011, I believe. Right. Uh, where you were coming around a turn, and Jason Rotaco just put the front end of his car into yours. And it was both of you guys were going fast. And it was one of those, well, it's the first night. I'm taking this hit. And Jason was thinking, it's the first night. I'm giving this hit. And it just was just an uh, explosion of cars just meeting no video of it no video yeah the video was 
um, Kyle Shear missing Brian Anderson at slow speeds. Yeah. <laughs> was, that was it. But there's one photo of it, and it's funny that the uh, Route 66 Raceway, where the team demos uh, is held, actually uses that photo as their press photo of the team demo events. Really? And so I was at uh, I was at my car mechanics recently, and, you know, the Route 66 Raceway, the Chicagoland Speedway campus, sends out flyers and says, you know, can you just put this up in your shop? And so he had this photo up there, and I was talking to him about something, and uh, somehow the topic of this podcast came up. And uh, he got a phone call in the middle of it, and I just sort of, I'm looking around the office, and there I see the uh, Chicagoland Speedway campus flyer, and I look closely at the Route 66 uh, Raceway photo, and it's of you, you hitting Jason. And... uh, the mechanic gets off the phone. He's like, oh, man, can you believe those idiots and what they do? I'm like, yeah, I can. He's like, no, I don't think you do. And I was like, no, I, I really do. And he, and he pointed at you, your car, and he's like, do you have any idea what this guy is thinking? I'm like, yes, I do. I do a podcast with that guy. And it was just like this weird small world thing where, like, we had been talking about the podcast. I look over here, and there's a photo of you. And then he's explaining how I have no idea what you're thinking. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, if you only knew. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty neat. I'm still waiting for the money yeah for the the residuals for that you need a better agent that's all there is to it (laughs) i'll fire him like this yeah all right well steve uh that wraps up everything this week we are going to uh we'll take a quick seven day break i think come back next week with more so sounds good yep all right we'll be back next week for chris numer and steve gersky jr go gersky go home or go home with gersky i'm john sensimer We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and thank you for listening. Behind the Destruction would like to thank our producer, Maura Scher, and Kosher Studios, located in Woodridge, Illinois. Visit them on the web at koshersounds.com. For previous episodes of Behind the Destruction, the latest Demolition Derby news, and columns, you may visit us at behindthedestruction.com. 